You're listening to the Brown to Green Podcast. Now, here's your host. Hey, it's Michael Ferris. I'm here by myself today, but I have our guest, Ashley Bigum, formerly known as Ashley Murphy. She's joining us today on the podcast. Um, it's crazy. We just we were just praying and my phone just went off. I have a voicemail, a voicemail from David Hamlin. Oh, How crazy funny. is that? So, <laughs> man, we're we're just um, Ashley has some stuff she just wants to update us with on what's currently going on in her life. But today we wanted to do a podcast about our Uganda trip in 2022. And so, Elsa and David Hamlin both went with us on that trip. Um, Elsa Hunt, David Hamlin, but they were not able to join us today. So, so Elsa or not Elsa? So, uh, guys, I'm really tired. I did not sleep well last night, and so it's <laughs> it's a uh, 9:37 a.m. and so give us grace. I think me and Ashley both did not sleep well last night. So this should be an interesting podcast. But so Ashley, is there anything? I mean, you once formerly Ashley Murphy, now Ashley Bigum. Is there something you need to share with everybody? Listeners who doesn't, <laughs> well, who I don't know? It, <laughs> I guess since the last time I was on the podcast, I did get married. Um, I've been married for Come a on. year now. And um, so I have a husband now and I have a daughter. Her name's Adeline and she's nine. Um, and so um, if you listen to my podcast the last time, um, well, it's been a few years, I definitely talked about dating and what that looks like inside of, um, you know, being in a relationship with the Lord. And um, I definitely talked about, uh, you know, what it looks like to, to have the Lord as my husband and then what it looks like to date with the Lord as my husband and dying to those things and figuring those things out. And so um, I met my husband um, after Christmas in 2022 and had been praying and asking the Lord, you know, for the next things because uh, he had asked me to give my job away at Hair Church. And then uh, I moved out of my super sweet little house next to my best friends. And I just asked the Lord, like, show me what's next in this season for me. Um, and I fasted and prayed over admin. Yeah. And then a few days later, I started talking to my husband and, um, you know, dated for a few months. Then we got engaged and engaged for a few months. And then we got married. And my husband is the sweetest, kindest, most gentle man. Loves me so much. So patient with me. <laughs> Um, my daughter is so sweet and she takes on more of more more and more of me um, as time goes on uh, and it you know it's the Lord's grace to me and I'm super blessed that's awesome uh, super blessed for those things so I left here at church and I live in Blanchard Oklahoma now um, but I still get to work for spiritual family yeah. which is uh, super sweet and definitely the Lord's grace to me also you know moving leaving here at church is my home for 10 years so leaving and moving and all new things, definitely the Lord's grace to me in that. So yeah, what a blessing. What a blessing for sure. Yeah, it was, Um, I remember it's funny because so me and Ashley got to work together and it was one of those bittersweet moments, right? When the Lord has sent her out, but it was, it's something that I'd watch my sister. So Ashley's, Ashley's my big sister in the faith. Like she is, like we are super close. We were, I mean, just like siblings. And so she treats me just like an older sister. And I'm pretty sure I treat her just like a younger, you know, how a younger brother would be just as honoring and, and um, try not to be too irritating to her. But I remember when she had, um, her and Jamie had met and you kind of came in and you're like, Hey, like I, I met a guy and we started talking through that. And it was a super cool moment, you know? And it was one of those moments too, for me where, um, you know, I think for me, it was that moment going like, Oh, we are siblings. Like you, you view me as a brother, you know? And cause I've always viewed you as a sister. So it was like, it was kind of like that moment of going like, man, yeah. this is super cool. Cause I was one of the people you came and talked to about that. And it was, yeah. it was super awesome. And Jamie is like, he is a blessing. Like he's such a cool yeah. guy and yeah. we love him like crazy. So, but watching, just watching what the Lord did and then seeing like, it was like, it was bittersweet watching Ashley leave. Like it was, it was, um, 
and we all we all cried because <laughs> we love her like crazy and man like the lord has just her her faith and her obedience and the things that she walked out next door in the ELC was just man where she invested in reliable women and now these women are investing in reliable women and just like man like the lord is doing some miraculous things over there next door and it's just it's this cool moment of like who who should i send and ashley's like send me next door like there's this place of and it was almost like a place of destitute. And then Ashley came in to simply just start showing women how to sit with Jesus. And then the Lord, like kind of like we talked about in the last podcast, like, man, like these, these women started sitting with the Lord and the Lord just started restoring them and just started restoring that place next door to where it's just a place of hope now. And it's super cool. But it was a, it was sad watching you go, but we knew like she'd been sitting with the Lord and asking the Lord for a husband. And she'd learn what it meant to be first married to him, to be a bride of him. And then man, the Lord just brought Jamie, who was just this, man just a godly man who continues to just man love her well and so it's been super cool watching that play out yeah i love it i love it all right so it's so uganda's not your first mission trip you talked about it before in the last one about ecuador so you are you are um not a foreigner to to going different countries and ministering the gospel but so let's talk about that just for a little bit let's talk about how like how you ended up in uganda like how do you end up going on this mission trip to uganda yeah, I think we started talking, oh, probably the beginning of 2022. Um, you know, just our friendship, our working relationship, our relationship in Christ as brother and sister. You had been talking to us about um, the people that you had been discipling in Uganda over Zoom, Noah and um, Emily and Rogers and Evelyn. You had been speaking to us about that and been talking to you about um, them asking you to come and what that looked like for you and for them to I don't, I don't want to give too much away too no, quick, but yeah. like to remove the veil and to be with yeah. him in person. And so we had start having conversation about that. And you did ask me to come, um, you know, ask me to sit with the Lord and I sat with the Lord and you're like, you got to bring somebody along. And so I, I knew immediately like who the Lord was asking me. Yeah. And so, uh, to, to ask to come alongside us with Elsa. And so just out of conversation, prayer, obedience to the Lord and those things, um, we started putting pen to paper and, and lighting stuff out, um, for, for us to go to Uganda. Yeah. And it was, it was just simply me just sitting with the Lord. Cause I remember as I'm sitting with that, cause I did, like I had gone in the past with an organization and you have gone in the past with an organization, but you, so in Ecuador, like that was kind of your role. It's like, you were kind of like the manager, the missions. I don't know what the actual title would be. Short-term team coordinator. Yeah. And so yeah. you would, you would kind of organize and set up these mission trips. And so here, here's the Lord revealing this. And so I'm sitting there praying to the Lord. And Lord's like, man, ask your sister Ashley to go and ask David Hamlin, who I was discipling. And then of course it was, I asked El, or Ashley to sit with bringing another woman along with her. But it was that thing where it was cool because as the Lord revealed that, then I'm like, oh, wait a second. Like Ashley's, Ashley has organized these kind of trips before. Like she knows what goes into planning them. And like, you can't just go buy a plane ticket and just go. Like there's a lot of things that go into, you know, right. like vaccines and visas and passports and just all, all that stuff. And Ashley had done that for a while and was able to walk us through that. She, she, um, gracefully walked us through that <laughs> where I'm pretty sure we kind of, there was a couple of times where the deadline was getting close on some things and Ashley's like, guys, we gotta, we gotta get going. We gotta yeah. get this things going. So you have to have your shots before we can get on that plane. Yeah. So, I mean, luckily for me, I already had all my stuff set up. Um, but it was, it was an awesome opportunity. And so yes, back in 2022, um, I've been walking with Rogers and Noah and Emily and Evelyn on zoom through face or yeah, through zoom. 
and we'd been meeting once a week and we were just simply talking about the things about disciple making and what the Lord was doing and kind of as as I was investing in them, one of the biggest things, like we, of course we were going through some of the brown to green tools and what it looks like to abide, how to hear the voice of the Lord. And it the reality was like it was just, those were probably some of my most favorite moments of, because in that season um, in disciple making, which I love the group that I had, but I was walking with the group and there were some, there were some knuckleheads, like there were some difficult individuals in that group. And, um, so you're walking through that and then I would meet with the Uganda crew and they were just, man, like they were, they were water in my soul. Like the Lord's water in my soul, but it, they were just a breath of fresh air because they are such good soil. Mm-hmm. And for them, like changing their mind was not a complicated process. Like it was easy for them to exchange the lies for the truth. Like they would just, and they're sold out for the kingdom. So already they're sold out already. They understand, um, Rogers and Noah had asked me to equip them to make disciples. And that's what really kind of, they knew this is where the Lord was leading them. And that's really where it kind of started to go from there. And, it, and then you have like, you know, next thing I know, here comes Emily, which is Rogers, um, adopted daughter Emily comes into the picture and so now they're like hey you know Emily's going to join us and now Evelyn's going to join us and you had Barbara who would come from time to time as Barbara's walking past their place of business this is where they would meet their coffee Mount Elgon coffee and as she's walking past this place of business she would come in and visit her friends and they're like oh hey Michael's here why don't you come sit down and then now there's you know I don't know if you're it's crazy because um so do you remember Stephen? He was with Pastor Joy. He was the, the older mm-hmm. gentleman who yeah. just smiled constantly. Yes. So now he works for him. And so now he joins us on the calls. That's awesome. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, so it started there and then they started pressing me like, hey, if you are to equip us, then you need to come and to engage the culture so that you can better equip us. And so I began to pray about it. And that's where the Lord showed me, make disciples of all nations. Like you are to go engage the culture so that you can better help them engaging the culture. Cause that's what they're doing. You know, it's not, um, the word they use is Mzungu, which means white man. It's not a white man who comes and changes. Like it's, it's investing in them. And as they go back to their culture and they're the ones who are going to change the culture, you know, not us. And so, but yeah, they asked us to come, we sat with it. And then I believe we left, um, for, that was, they asked that back in January of 2022. And then we went August of 2022, the four of us, you, me, Elsa, and David went. So I'll talk a little bit about that. Yeah. 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 Well, let me share this first. So I had not met them. Uh, I, you know, I hadn't been on the zoom calls prior to, to when we went to Uganda. So I remember you asked Elsa and I to come yeah. in and sit on a zoom call before we went just so we could have some name to faces before we actually hit the ground. So uh, we sit and have a zoom meeting with him and Michael asked him like, what's the, what's the Lord teaching you? And I remember Noah being like, you know, gives us, I can't remember. I think it's in Isaiah where it says where, oh, um, oh, the boundary lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful. So that's the word that he gave us. And we had not sat, I mean, we had sat as a staff at Heritage Church in that several months prior, yeah. but here Noah is you know, bringing this out and saying, this is what the Lord's teaching me. And, uh, he was talking about moving his tent stakes and moving them out further, the Lord stretching his line. And I'm like, I just sit here, they're in Mbale, Uganda, and here we are in Hera, Oklahoma. It just blew my mind. You know, like we always joke around, uh, vine vibing or whatever on the same vine. And I was, it just blew my mind that that's what he had to say. And I was like, this is the exact right thing. And you could see just their, you know, just their joy to even just be with us on Zoom. Um, And so seeing that definitely spurred me on and excited me to go to the mint person in Uganda. So it's, it's, it's super awesome. He did that to me last week again. 
where I'm at just with Noah and he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, let's, here's what the Lord's teaching me. We're in the same sp- space again. You're like, what? Like, Lord, this is crazy, <laughs> you know? And so it is. And, it, and so, yeah, so we, um, and we started to meet with them and, the, and Elsa and Ashley started building a relationship. I would have David join us on zoom. David lives in Montana, so he's not in Oklahoma. He started to join us on zoom as well. And he would meet with the group, um, just start kind of building that relationship. And then we, we went. And so we landed, we traveled there. We landed, I, I believe it was, um, it was pretty listed 11 o'clock at night. PM. Oh my gosh. Flying was probably, one it, was, of the, yeah. it was so rough. Also, just to preface this whole thing, I had COVID the week before. Oh yes, I forgot you did. I yeah. had COVID the week before we left and I, um, I went, you know, you have to take your test to get on the plane and my test was negative. And so I was clear to go, I but I had that. COVID the week before we left. And so we get on our, our first flight is delayed. And then we're not sure how we're going to make it to our next flight. When we get to the Netherlands, we get to the Netherlands and our original plane is still there. David is there waiting for us. And we're like, well, let's just get on our regular plane. They're like, no, you have to go in on this other plane right now. And it's boarding. We didn't have time to go to the bathroom, to get food, to change our clothes, nothing. We go get on this plane. We are the last ones to get on. And that plane was completely packed. And I, like, I almost started crying as we're getting on that plane. I know from exhaustion and lack of food and we get on that, we get in the plane and David still goes on his regular flight. Yeah, he, he was supposed Elsa. to beat us there. Yeah, because that was the thing. We right. we got delayed what eight hours in Chicago? Th- we, or, no, no, we no, were Atlanta. in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, we were in Atlanta. Yeah, we got delayed eight hours because they were working on our plane, and then we land, and then I guess a nut, like that plane, they're like, oh, we got to right. replace this part. So David's David was supposed to be already be gone, and so we're like, oh, okay, they got delayed. Well, we'll get on that plane, yeah. and they're like, nope, you'll get on this one, and then somehow like we landed four hours before David ever did. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was wild. I just remember being so exhausted. I think I eventually did fall asleep. And then every time I would wake up, Michael has helped himself to the snack <laughs> cart. We were at the very it. back of the plane, the very back, last row of the plane. And Michael has helped himself to the snack cart and found those Stroop and Waffles. Yeah. And so every time I would wake up, Michael ate like 50 of those while we were on they the were plane. So they ran good. out of food. They ran out of water. There was not one yeah. seat empty in that plane. It was rough. We don't fly straight to Uganda. We fly to Kenya and we have to get off the plane in Kenya. So we actually have been to Kenya because yeah, we, we stepped the ground. ground. Yeah. Yeah. We, not we just outside. the airport. Yeah. We were in Kenya and then got on a different plane and eventually made it to Uganda super late at night. Um, past exhausted. Yeah. All just all the things. But the ho- people at the hotel that we stayed at were so sweet. Yeah. They stayed up and made dinner for us. And I'm pretty sure we ate that dinner at like two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It was, well, because I remember so. It was funny. So two things, like one with those snacks. Yeah. So I can't, I can't sleep on airplanes. It's, it is horrible. And so the, to me, it's funny because everyone's like, oh, I bet, you know, like you're going to third world country and you know, all these things to me, like the worst part about anything, like, and, and I know it sounds, um, probably doesn't sound the best, but it's, it's the flying. Like to me, that's the hardest part of the whole trip. Not the worst part, but it's the hardest part is to me, just the flying, just you're on this plane. They're not, they're not roomy. The food is not the best. That food will make you sick more than the food you have in some of these places you go. Um, but yeah, so I found these crackers and they like the stewardess open up these boxes and they're like, yeah, help yourself. And so those wafers were, I ate them till I got sick pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I brought, I bought some and brought them back home and then I ate them and then I couldn't eat them anymore because now I'm sick of mm. them. But yeah, they're amazing. So yeah, we land and Rogers is supposed to pick us up at the airport. And I guess he's at the hotel. So Rogers Rogers and Emily were going to meet us at the airport and take us to the hotel. 
well, the hotel wouldn't let Rogers and Emily come. So we land, uh, we go through all the stuff, customs and everything, get our bags, which was somehow, I don't know how, like that was a breeze because nobody, like where you throw your bags in where they check them, no mm-hmm. one was there. So they go yeah. through the machine, no one's checking our bags. And so we walk right through. And so we get out and literally we walk up and there's this guy that I do not know. I mean, it's 11 something a night. And he has this torn piece of paper out of a notebook that says Michael. And I'm <laughs> yeah. like, hey, I'm Michael. And this guy's not, like, he's not talking or nothing. And so he's like, okay. And so we follow him. He's a he's a cab driver. And we and I have no, like, again, I've never, this hotel I've never been to. So he starts driving down these roads. And he's going down these dark alleys and stuff. And the whole time I'm sitting there going, like, the Lord gave me Psalms 91, which is pretty much just like, man, don't, like, it's don't be afraid. I'm with you. Like, I'm just going to summarize the whole the whole um, psalm. But it was like, nothing's going to come against you. Um, not sickness, not death, not poison. Nothing's going to come against you because I'm protecting you. And so I'm, I'm at ease, honestly. But my mind starts going like, what's Ashley and Elsa thinking right now? Because this, and I'm trying to have conversations with the driver. As I he walk is through the not, valley of a shadow yeah. of death, I feel no evil. <laughs> yeah, and he's not talking. Like, he's like not, does not want to have a conversation. It's probably the only um, person I've ever met in Uganda who's not friendly ever you know and so we but we get to the hotel and rogers is there and emily's there so um, elsa and ashley go with emily we eat they go with emily and i go with rogers and then david lands at 4 a.m mm-hmm. and so that's when david gets there is at 4 a.m. i think he gets at the hotel at 4 a.m if i remember correctly he eats probably gets a couple hours of sleep and then we're picked up and so we're picked up that morning um, with david he was the driver they had hired and so now from there for so how many hours was the flight do you remember 20 something oh, total yeah, yeah so, something around there yeah and now we have a uh, a seven hour um van like little like van drive to in bali right and so we we get up and of course they take us to um, this little place um the place in the martyrs that they want to kind of show us and it's it's an area where rogers wants to help us understand the culture just a little bit more so they take us to this little spot and then from there we drive the rest all the way to in, in Bali. And so, yeah, it was a, we get to in Bali and we're, we're exhausted. Yeah. Like I think they wanted us to stop and go on the Nile river. Yes, they did. We were our like, driver hey. was like, you can't even stay awake for this 20 minute yeah. car ride. I think we're just going to continue on. Yeah. yeah. Cause I kept falling asleep. That's when I kept falling asleep. It was just, I couldn't even, and I felt horrible cause Noah and Rogers would try to, or no, Rogers would try to talk to me. Next thing I know, I'm just. <laughs> Yeah. My head's bobbing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so I remember Elsa's like, how are you sleeping right now? And I'm like, I have, I don't know. I'm yeah. just so exhausted. So we get to Bali, and then um, I don't know. Did that? Did we meet Pastor Apollo that day, or was the next morning we meet Pastor Apollo? I think it was the next morning. It was the next morning they take us to go meet Pastor Apollo, which we'll talk a little bit more about that kind of in the next um, the podcast. So this is Uganda Trip 1. We'll talk about Uganda Trip 2 here soon, but... So yeah, we, we go and then, um, man, they, they really just started immersing us into the culture like quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that next morning we had stayed at the hotel that night. The next morning Rogers came and got us and we walked down the street immediately to yeah. Pastor Apollo's church and met with him. Uh, there was a cute little baby outside playing. Yeah. They had a little nursery, like a flowers and little trees and bushes and stuff out front of that church. Um, but I remember too, I think my, I don't know if my observation is correct, but I briefly remember thinking like, I think Pastor Apollo just took this meeting with us out of obligation to Rogers. He, you know, like he definitely well, it felt like, yeah, a little bit. Sure. Yeah. It, it did feel like yeah. that. Um, he's a busy man. So he's yeah. super busy. Yeah. Yeah. And so it kind of. Yeah. I, I, I remember sitting down and him just kind of like 
let's hurry up and get this conversation over. Um, but then we start talking and his demeanor like pretty quickly changes. Yeah. Like, I think I need to hear what they're saying. Um, so I think just in our time with Pastor Apollo, that was my biggest observation. He took this meeting with us out of obligation to Rogers, you know, off their friendship and yeah. the relationship that they have. And then, you know, 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes into us talking with him, like he immediately changed and turns his ear in and definitely changes a lot of things. It does. After it, that. it does. And it's in, so he, so Pastor Apollo actually discipled Rogers. Right. And so he invested in Rogers from, um, they worked together in the government and Rogers came along and he began to invest in him. And it's funny, it, it doesn't necessarily look the way, it's funny how the kingdom works because it doesn't necessarily look exactly how Brown and Green operates, right? But it also does because the first thing they, they're like, you know, yeah, I, I invested in him. I, I taught him what it means to sit with Jesus, to abide, to to be in the word, to pray, to, you know, seek the Lord's counsel through his scriptures and through prayer and and to get into his word again, like over and over, like there's, it's constantly like the emphasis, they're like, you know, getting the word and praying to the Lord and walking it out. You know, faith isn't just hearing, but it's obeying. And so he began to invest into Rogers at a young age. And that's kind of like the, where we, that was the thing I think I started my first observation was here we are talking about disciple making, but then as we would have these conversations and you'd, you'd meet people and you meet these connections, you begin to see that, that there was generations of disciples mm-hmm. being produced like multiple generations and it was multiplying. Um, again, it necessarily didn't look like how our culture of disciple making looks like, but it, but the fundamentals were still the same, abiding, hearing, obeying, walking in freedom with the Lord. Right. right. And then, and so we continue to see, see those things. And it was really cool whenever, it was, and I think that's what kind of, kind of got pastor Apollo's ear because we were talking about how to define a disciple, like how we define a disciple, words, you know, words, ways, and works. And he's like, exactly. That was his favorite word to say, exactly. You know, and so that's where we started seeing the hearts being kind of knitted together, though we were, you know, a sea apart, where they're completely on the um, eastern side of Uganda. We're in the middle of the United States. So, I mean, I think it's funny. My phone, every time I pull it up in my car, it's always trying to take me to Entebbe on the maps. But <laughs> so Entebbe is 8,000. Um, 374 miles away, hmm. right? So that's how far away they are from us. And so here we are speaking completely, like though the um, primary language there is English, but then they have all these tribal languages, but here we are and we're still speaking the same kingdom language, different dialects, but it's the same. It's the same language. Um, and man, it was just really neat seeing that begin to kind of play out in, in as we would go. And so then from there, so we meet with him and it was still a short, I mean, I think it was only an hour. Is that right? Or, yeah. Maybe it, even if that, it yeah, wasn't very Cause he had like, he was like, again, he's a busy, like he's a busy guy, which that's going to make a little bit more sense here a little bit. So then they take us to the school. And so, um, this school and I, man, I'm not, I'm not doing a good job. I can't remember the name of the school. Um, I remember the name of the church that's planted in the school. But there's a school there that Roger's wife, Rachel, worked at. She's a teacher. And so Roger's kind of is part of the board. I would say like a part of the school board is the best language I can think of. And as I'm discipling Roger's and Noah, like Roger's begins to invest in in his wife and he begins to invest in the um, teachers and people on the school board. And next thing you know, the church starts. Like, and it's kind of, what's funny is it's oftentimes what we see in the word, right? Like Jesus comes making disciples. He, he comes, you know, 
and then we see the church begin to kind of be born out of that movement of disciple making. And so it was the same kind of thing. Rogers is starting to invest in people. He's starting to teach people of things that he's being taught. And then next thing we see, like, as that's playing out, like, man, like this church begins to start. And so they, he goes to pastor Apollo is like, Hey, you know, there's people gathering, parents are gathering. Um, I would meet with Rogers. We'd have conversations cause he would just, you know, Hey, I, you know, we want to go in this direction. What do you think? I, and I taught him how to simply just like learning circle, make observations and, and ask the why and wash in the word. And, and through that, the school um, built this foundation of being a Christian school. And as they're a Christian school, like there's Muslim kids who are coming to the school and they're coming home singing about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the parents are getting furious, you know, like, why is my kid coming and singing about Jesus? And so that was one of the things that Roger, they wrestled with, like, oh, should we hire a Muslim teacher? Should we do this, this, and this? And But as they sit with it and they made the observations and they watched in the Word, the Lord's like, no, you continue to teach them about Jesus. And they would watch households completely change. Yeah. Um, non-believers and Muslims. And so these kids, because I mean, this is some, this school is some, probably the only place some of these kids are getting a meal as they would come there. Um, in this school, there wasn't fresh water at all. They had a puddle that they would go down to and they would scoop this water. And so there was this, these waterborne diseases these kids were getting. And so that was one of the things like as Rogers was showing us things, these things and would talk to me about these things, we saw these obstacles in the way to where we, we as a body, like as the Lord led us and, and we begin to remove some of these obstacles. So, man, like the Lord provided a way that we could help provide water tanks um, where they throw these purification tablets in there. And so now these kids have these these big old water tanks that they can get fresh water. And so these parents are seeing this. They're seeing the love of the Lord. They're seeing what the Lord is doing with their children. And it begins to move through the neighborhood, right. um, which was a Muslim slum where, where this school was planted at. And so out of this, like people are coming and they want to learn more about Jesus. So Rogers goes to Pastor Apollo and through that, the elders of Pastor Apollo's church, they decided to start a church. And um, Pastor Moses, who was another man um, who was Muslim, born Muslim, who came to know the Lord, he was also discipled by by um, Pastor Apollo. He plants it, like he begins to pastor a church there in the school. And so they take us to go check out the school. And that's when we learn really quickly what it means to be in season, out of season too, right? Because they're like, we thought we were just going to go meet the kids and hang out with the kids and meet the teachers. And then they're like, hey, do you have word to give us? And so the four of us went met in the office for about five minutes. And I was like, hey, they're asking us to pretty much like preach the word to them for about 15 minutes. And so they want us all to go. And so all of us, man, we, because we, everything rises and falls on the biting. We had sat with the Lord that morning. We all had something to give away because we got up that morning and sat with the Lord. And so we were able to, um, to minister to them. And it was a really, it was a really cool opportunity. And I think also too, that was probably the, like the first spot where we begin to kind of experience some spiritual warfare. Um, certainly. Yeah. Um, so to kind of go in that a little bit, I was, um, as I was preaching the gospel, it felt like my throat began to get really scratchy to the point to where, um, man, I, I had, like, I just forced myself to keep going. And the only way I can describe it is it felt like someone pretty much grabbed my throat. Like, like it almost was trying to kind of choke me. And I'm like, what the heck is this? And the Lord's like, you just keep preaching louder. And so I just kept preaching the word. And then I remember I walked away like that was, that was strange. And then afterwards, Roger's like, oh yeah, there are those who practice witchcraft here. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, what? And so that was, that was just a little, piece of where we first started kind of experiencing some of those things but but then I mean you got up and you gave him some word too yeah I, I well I know that I gave word we went to Wednesday night church and I shared the word yeah that um, was the I think was that that was that that night that they had church too I think no I don't think so no I think it was a couple days later okay um, 
But I do remember being at the school. I re- I don't remember that time sharing word. Um, this is also a, a little yeah. It's been ways it goes. I mean, what yeah. now? Yeah, it's been a year. Yeah, it's been. Um, but I do remember being at the school and playing with the kids, yeah. and they were so excited. Um, they're so excited to play with us. We also took some supplies yes. to the school um, that we had raised. You know, uh, people at the ELC had given stuff. We had raised some some money and were able to buy supplies and things, little things that they had asked for, jump ropes and soccer balls and things like yeah. that. So we took those to the school. And, and some medical supplies. That's right. Yeah. Right. Some medicine and things like that. So we had, yeah. we had those things for them, uh, gave those to the teachers, and then we went outside and played with the kids. Yeah. And those those new things that we had brought, we went outside and played with them. And we were there for a long time. We were. We were worn out. We were there for a long time. We did. We were not prepared for the day. Uh, we did not have enough water. We did. We were. And it rained too, right? Did it rain? No, no, it, it rain? was warm. It rained. That maybe it's see now. I'm in, it was I'm that evening. Tri- yes. Okay. Rained. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> that's right. Because we went to Roger's house that night. Right. Okay. Where we released them. Yeah, that's right. And I, I would say for me, that's when I got hit with some spiritual warfare. Was was that that evening into the next couple of days yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we so that night we went to Roger's and um. Man, it began to, like, we, we began to release them. And it's funny, too, because we ate. We ate, what, bread and bananas? and Yeah, we, we went outside sick. and had it bread and bananas in. and fruit. Yeah, and they're like, oh, let's go inside. And so we thought that was our dinner. That's right. And so we began to, like. This is also, like, 10 o'clock at night yeah. right now. And yeah. we had been up since. We had had very little sleep because we had yep. come off the plane, made it to Mbale, had one night of maybe half of rest, you know, just yeah. because we had jet lag and trying to get yep. on a new schedule. And all the day at the school, we didn't have much water. We get to Roger's house. We're going to stay there that evening. And um, I don't even know that Michael told us that he was going to release them. So we did have, we had bread outside and some fellowship. <laughs> we come in and there's food on the table and we're like, oh, I thought we just had dinner. And so we eat dinner with them and then Michael uh, Michael starts to release them and like three hours later it finally ends and I'm like I am dying. I'm dying. Was but it three hours? A, it was a very long time. Because because you guys, re- like you released Elsa released Emily and I had you release Evelyn, Evelyn, I believe so. Yeah, and then David spoke over Noah, and I spoke over Rogers, right? Right. Okay. And so, yeah, so we, so like it's the same thing where we see Jesus commission them to go make disciples. It was that that same thing to where we, man, we washed their feet and we just pour word over them. And we just, you know, loved them well and and those things. And so, it, but then in that same time, like it began to downpour, it began to rain, and I can't remember. I, rem- I think the power went out. The power did go out, and I can't, man, I oh, I can't remember her name, but she was there. Um. And she named me and Elsa, but it, who? Oh my gosh! Oh yeah, I've. In, she, I believe she's. Isn't she the one who also brought you the? She brought you guys the um, purses later on. No, I think that was a different woman. That was a different woman, and so we were there, and so it began to rain, and so um, uh, they begin to name Elsa like as it was pouring the Nafala, and so Nafala means one who brings the rain, and so then they and I said, and you, you're you're uh, you're Wafala, which is the one who brings the rain. And what that means is so like it's, it's raining, like it's, I mean, it's just downpouring, right? Rain. And so oftentimes in their culture, like when, um, when a child is born during the rain, they, they give them this name, Wafla or Nafla. Wafla if you're a man, Nafla if you're a woman. And it means one who brings the rain, rain, rain bringer. But, and what's cool about that in the, in the Christian world, like in their world of fallen Jesus, it means one who brings the word of God. 
And so they were kind of like me, like where you guys go, you bring the word. And so as you bring the word, the Lord is also blessing us with rain because rain is such a, I mean, it's a huge blessing. It's everything. It's, I mean, it, it provides food for their crops or their crops grow and they're able to produce this food. And, and so that that's where those names come. So, um, so they give us this name, Wafla and Nafla, which is super cool. And that's kind of how their, their culture is, is like when you're brought into, um, when you're brought into a family, when you're um, brought into, to the, to a family, as they bring you spiritually, like they also, they're like, Hey, we're going to give you a new name. Right. Like we're going to give you this new name. And so that was, that was my name. And then, so anyway, so we released them. And I think then the next night, I think is when we, that was, so that was kind of a, that was kind of a rough night. Cause we did say the night Rogers house, Ashley's starting to get sick. Elsa has an experience where, um, I'd love for her to be here, but I mean, we're going to kind of, we're going to kind of speed this through a little bit, but there's this moment where, um, they go to take a shower and Elsa goes to take a shower. I think, I think you showered first, right? Is that? No, Elsa went. Elsa went. And so Elsa walks out for a minute and Roger's little, little boy goes to the bathroom. So pretty much they they give us a bucket. They have a shower head, but they like, they give Rachel gives Elsa a warm bucket of water and then an empty bucket. And she's like, here's how you take a shower. Um, because you know, they get these water tanks that get filled up every day by the government. So it's kind of like, don't, you know, you don't want to waste the water. And so Elsa leaves for a minute to go grab a towel and the little boy went in there and used the bathroom. And then he decided to give himself a bath in the bucket. I think he peed in the bucket. Of he water pee in the bucket. Or... I thought he went. I thought he went number two, and then he decided that he was Maybe. gonna give himself a bath. Yeah, I think <laughs> and you're so, right. Yeah. And so, um, so else was like, "Oh, what I what I do?" And Rachel was like, "Oh, it's okay. You'll be fine." And so there is that kind of moment where you gotta understand, like this is a cult, like this is a culture shock for for a lot of us. Like Ashley was in the rainforest um, in Ecuador, and I think Elsa had gone to, to Mexico before, right? If I, I remember. And, but I mean, you're now we're in this country in Africa. And so what's normal for them is not necessarily normal for us. And so there's this moment of, of going. So Elsa, Elsa showers. Like, I think she ends up getting some clean water and she somewhat gets herself clean. I can't remember, but Ashley had also bought these thinking things that were like lather, like rinse free. What we rags. thought were rinse Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm they pretty sure they were, it was a scheme of Satan. Um, <laughs> because I, you're, it's supposed to lather yourself up with soap and you don't have to like, you just dry it off, like wipe it off. And it's the most lathered I ever became in my life. Like it was a nightmare <laughs> for me. Cause I, cause I'm like, well, I'll just use this. And so I go in there cause you know, we had not I thought I was doing us a favor. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what the package said. So you didn't, <laughs> you didn't lead us astray. And so we, so I ended up trying to use this thing and I am, I am so lathered in this like thick layer of soap that I have to turn their water on. Like it, it is. So I would turn it on and try to rinse, but it was one of those things too, where I could not get this stuff off me. So, um, but then we end up going and our stomachs kind of hit us from the malaria medicine that night, unfortunately. And it's just one of those nights where it's like Ashley and, and Elsa come to me and they're like, Hey, we, we gotta, we gotta go back to the hotel. Like we're getting sick. And Ashley's like, I don't want to be sick here, like in their house, you know? And, and we could see too, where like the four of us, like it was a big thing to stay in Roger's home. Um, but we could also see where like, though, though they, re- they have a huge spirit of hospitality and they received us, but we could also see where we were, we were a little bit of a burden and we didn't want to burden them too much. And so I had a conversation with Rogers that night and Rogers completely understood. And, and Rogers is so full of the Lord. Like he was so full of grace. He's like, Hey, we're learning, like we're learning for future teams. You know? Um, he goes, I think, cause me and honestly, like me and David, at the end of the day could have probably been fined. But then we started seeing like where, man, we don't want to be too of a burden on Rachel and the kids and everything. Um, cause we, we were in, we had took the kids beds and right. they're all, they're all in like sharing one bed. And so we went back to the hotel and man, then that next night, I think that was the night that they asked us to come preach the word. And so 
we preach the word of the church, um, Exodus church where pastor Moses is and we preach on abiding. And it's in one of those moments where pastor Moses, like it's interesting you're preaching on abiding because I've been, I've been preaching on abiding. And from there, um, actually I think that was Bible. I think that was the following Sunday. So we go, we teach, they ask me to preach and I teach on, um, what it looks like to, to have a life centered around Christ Jesus. And I use a motorcycle wheel and pastor Apollo was there. And then pastor Apollo afterwards is like, Hey, I want you to come to this other church to come preach tomorrow night. And so then we, we get up the next morning and we ask him, what are, what are some of the spiritual needs? What are some of the things you see? And there's, there's major spiritual warfare there. He's like, they fear the wicked spirits. And so we, man, like we sit with the Lord and the Lord gives us this message of not, um, but you know, the Lord did not give us a spirit of fear, but power, love and self-control. Did you go with us to that church? I didn't know. Cause that's I when you been. started kind of getting sick. Yeah. 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 And so I me, me, Elsa and David go, um, in the middle of preaching the word, this, this drunk guy shows up asking for money. And so they, they give him a, give him some money and they shoo him off. And then, um, but we, we end up preaching the word there and Elsa gets up and man, she just begins to edify these women in an amazing way. Um, and begins to kind of give some, because a lot of the majority of that body was women. And so she just edifies these women and she washes them with the word. And then leaving there, I was having a conversation with pastor Apollo. And so he begins to tell me how he's the overseer of the region, which is, which is kind of leads into our second trip to Uganda, but he was over 400 churches and he's like, you know, I need help equipping these churches. Like, will you help me equip these, these pastors, of these churches to make disciples? Cause I know that's what the Lord has called us to do. And so I said, yes. And that's really where me and pastor Apollo's hearts begin to be knitted together. And, and pastor Apollo, he's in his fifties and man, he is a man of God. Like just the word flows out of him. And, and it was one of those moments like, who am I that he's asked me to help equip him? And it's right. been a cool relationship where he's, he has taught me so much. And yes, iron sharpened iron. And I've taught him some things, but man, it's just been a cool relationship watching the Lord to do through that. So then Ashley's, you start to feel a little bit better. I believe this is when Rogers takes us up the mountain. Is that what happens next? Yeah. And this is what really <laughs> kind of got you to be yeah, not this, feeling well. This is it. Yeah. This is yeah. where the, <clears throat> I felt like after we, Oh, probably the evening that we spent the night at Roger's house, like a, probably like a cloud came over me. Like, I don't know another way to describe it, but we, um, we go up the mountain and at, at the beginning of the trip, we had one driver and then that driver, I guess is. Yeah. Majid at the time. Well, we had David at the beginning. Oh, David was the beginning. Then, yeah. Then we we switched to Majid. Majid. So. Which um, Majid was there when we preached the preach the Wednesday night. That's right. Cause he and we drove invited and him in. With us. Yeah. yeah. So he was going to stay in the vehicle and we invited him. Ro- Me and Roger's like, Hey, Majid, why don't you come? And so Majid I think it came. was the first day he was with us. It was. was. Yeah. Yep. So then the next day we're going to go up the mountain. And the previous day I did not go with Michael and Elsa and David to this other church to pastor Joy's church. I believe. Oh yes. Was. That's yep. when, yeah. Cause yep. you couldn't, so we went to go see, yeah, that that's was, right. I forgot about that. Yep. And I'm glad that's you brought right. that up. So pastor Joy, um, she had discipled Noah. And mm-hmm. she had raised up. And so Pastor Joy, like where she had been making disciples that she would, she would invest. And it was so cool. Um, I'm sitting across from her. We're having a conversation and man, I don't, I can't describe it. It's only, it's really only happened to me a handful of times, but man, when you meet someone in the spirit of the Lord just leaps inside of you. And it was a moment when I met her, like the spirit just leapt, And I knew I was sitting, I was sitting across from a godly woman and when we begin to have a conversation, she barely spoke and the elders, of her body begin to speak and the men, the young men and the women who were there and, and some of them older begin to speak. And it was just all about how she had invested in them from a young age. 
um, for where these kids are orphans. And she begins to, she begins to see that they're allowed, man, like that was her whole thing. Cause I asked her like, how do you, how do you know you to invest in them? She's like, Oh, I watch them. And I begin to see, do they receive the word of God? You know, are they hungry for Jesus? And then are they reliable men? Are they willing to put their hands to the plow at a young age? I'm talking about like, you know, five to, you know, nine years old. She, she begins to encounter these kids and teenagers as well. And she begins to invest in them and raise them up to be disciples of Jesus. And so a lot of them were, our elders and and pastors of other churches, she would raise these men up to be pastors and she would send them out. As she would raise them up and equip them, she would then send them out. And one was a director of a school somewhere to where it was a Christian school. And so it was a super cool moment just sitting across from her and just hearing how the Lord had, had been moving through her. And, and they were multiplying. Like these mm-hmm. these men and these women were also doing the same thing mm-hmm. that Pastor Joy had modeled for them. Right. So, but yeah, it was a cool moment of, of meeting her. So that's, I was adopted as her son at that, play, <laughs> right. at that meeting. She adopted yep. me as her son. Um, so I now call her mom. She, she, we, we message probably every other week or she's like, how are you? And so that was super, it was a super cool moment. So yeah. And I think we taught at her, her that day. I, like we were asked, we were, I was asked to teach at um, her church, but I asked him, I tasked David too. And so, so I spoke a little bit, but then David got up and David actually taught, which was to the youth. And so it was super cool watching David Hamlin walk in that role. So yeah. Yes. Yeah, so then the next day, now they just decided to take us up Mount yeah. Alagon. Yeah. And so this is, uh, we were our point to, or, you know, the reason we're going up this mountain is to meet the coffee farmers. Mm-hmm. You know, Roger's job, um, is he sells coffee, roast coffee. They sell coffee. That's how they make a living. That's how they are. You know, that's how they live. So we, he buys his coffee from these women up the mountain. And so we're going to go up there to meet them and to, <laughs> to see how they, where the coffee comes from, you know, the yeah, coffee berries trip. or whatever. So uh, I still had not been feeling good. And Roger's like, no, it's, it's not, it's not a bad walk. You know, it's just fine. So we take the long drive to get there and we start walking and it is really beautiful. Like the space that we're walking at. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was really, it was really beautiful. So we come around the corner and I see like as the mountain starts (laughs) to ascend up and I'm like, oh my gosh, Rogers has told us a tall tale and I am not going to be able to get up this mountain. And I start to like, I start to lose it some. And so, and I know like looking back at these things, like I did not handle some of these things well. Like I, I lived in a third world country for many years. So I thought, and so maybe I had a preconceived notion in my mind or settled in my mind, like that this would be not hard for me. And it actually really was. And so maybe I overestimated my what I thought I could do and also to like I had just got over COVID and yeah so, you were yes that's a that's a big piece of this yeah. you had just got over yeah. COVID so we uh we start to go up this mountain and I like I see what I have to climb up and like I start crying immediately and I think even so that this happened like the Lord 100% used this moment yeah so it was super significant so we have Majid who is our new driver and Majid is Muslim <clears throat> so he had sat with us the night before he had listened to Michael teach at church he was with them that whole next day well, and, yeah. and he is with us now as we go up this mountain so we stop we have a little snack we go to the bathroom um, they there's, find, yeah. they, there's no bathroom so we go right, to the bathroom so, in the bush right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> didn't you say that <laughs> so, uh, so they find me a walking stick and, but they're like, let's pray before we yeah. go up. So they place their hands on me, including Majid, who is a Muslim who does not know the Lord. And so they place their hands on me 
<clears throat> they all pray, including Majid, and then we start trekking up the mountain. Come on. So we get up the mountain, we make it to, uh, and thank goodness for David Hamlin, you yeah. know, being there because he's like, I got you. We're going to do this. You look at this place. That's where we're walking to. Yeah. You. We're going to get there and then we'll look at the next thing. So <clears throat> we well, make- David, yeah. And, and David, so, so I met David at Clydehurst, Montana, which we've had Scott on to talk about. And so David is a young man that I disciple through Zoom. But so David for Clydehurst, he works, he's a counselor and he leads hiking treks. Like that's what he does. And so he knew exactly how to walk beside Ashley and be like, Hey, here's, here's how we do this. Like we don't, we find a point, we don't focus, we don't look all the way up to this mountain. Cause we were, we climbed a mountain. Oh yeah. Like it's, so for those who've ever been to Clydehurst, it's crazy. Cause day after we got to the top, David just goes, Hey, we just climbed steeple. Like this is the same ev- um, elevation climb as steeple and steeple's intense. And I didn't like, it was the, like, it was the Lord. Cause me and David even pushed a motorcycle, helped a guy push a motorcycle with a dead, oh, that's right. with an ox head on top of it. Oh my gosh. I forgot <laughs> yeah, about Cause remember that. we got blood yeah. on our hands and stuff, oh, but, yeah. um, but up this, the steepest part, but it was, I remember going like, what? And here's Ashley up there on the top of this. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, and yeah. so David walked beside her. So it was super, and so, and you know, you had Rogers there and yeah. Yep. So. so we get up the mountain, we make it to where the coffee farmers are. The the women are waiting for us to, they, you know, they, they shared the word with us. They talked through us just a little bit about them. And then they took us out and showed us the process, like getting the coffee yeah. off the trees and um, showing us how they wash it, how they, I guess, mill it down. Mm-hmm. Um, get the bean out of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was super sweet. There's tons of kids around, it you know, they're awesome. all looking at us and we're on the top of this mountain and it was beautiful beautiful it was I like mean, something it was, out of a movie it yeah was, it was, it was, it was really crazy gorgeous. beautiful yeah. yeah it was really gorgeous so peaceful yeah um and so we like we spent some time up the mountain with them uh and it and it was an enjoyable time like those women were so sweet and so kind to us even like i still was not you know in my mind i had not made it past everything that had happened <laughs> i still have this cloud over me and um and even in that they were you know, yeah. super hospitality, you know, had tons of hospitality towards us and so loving and so kind. Um, and it was a sweet time to see, you know, literally from the top of this mountain, you know, to them, uh, Noah roasting us the coffee, you know, showing yeah. us how they roast it, you know, a few days later. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. So we spent some time up there and then it was time to come down the mountain, which, well, uh, before, before we get to that part okay, though, sorry. yeah, because I mean, so, um, you got to ask Ashley about the bean story. I don't know if we have enough time to go into the detail about the bean story, but these women, here's what's super cool about these women. So again, it's another place where these women are making disciples of Jesus. And so it's not just a place where they're processing the coffee. They use the coffee as an opportunity to invest in other women. And they teach these women both how to process the coffee, but also how to become disciples of Jesus Christ and how to be ministers of the gospel. And once you're equipped in both how to process the coffee and in giving the gospel and making disciples, they send you to another village that's on another mountaintop to go do the same. And so it multiplies. And so these women provide us lunch and coffee and they sit down with us and they just begin to, again, we're in this spot where they're like, Hey, do you have any scripture you want to give? And so I remember anytime we had this opportunity, uh, Majid would sit down beside me and I would always hand on my Bible. So when Ashley's giving word or David's giving word or anyone's giving word, um, I would open my Bible to that passage and I would let him just sit there and he would, and he would take my Bible and he would read mm-hmm. it every time. And it got to where he was sitting right beside me. So that, that night before, after I had preached the word, he said something had stirred inside of him. And I had asked him, like, he wasn't yet to that point of giving his life to Jesus Christ. And so I, I had asked him, like, would you go home and pray for the Lord to reveal himself to you? Right. And so he's like, I will do this. And so that, that morning I asked him, he's like, yes, I prayed that. And so, okay. And so 
and then we we got up there and so now we start to go down but before we went down these women decide that they want to bless Ashley and David like they want to name Ashley and they want to name David which, what was the name they named you? Do you remember? Nikesa. Nikesa. And so I think if I remember, I can't remember what they named David. Um, I, if I remember correctly, I think yours was, is it yours is like one who plants? Yeah, I think you're right. Is like one. So it was like one, like one who, so like who, one who brings the rain, one who plants. And I think David was like one, wasn't it like one who, who, who reaps? Maybe. Something like that. So it was, yeah. it was, they had no clue what we were named the day, like that we were named Waffle and Nafla. Right. And then Michael like, and Elsa. Yeah. And Michael, me and Elsa. And then, um, so then they look at Ashley and they're like, you are, you are one who plants. Like, you are the one who plants. And they look at David and they're like, you are the one who reaps. Right. Yeah, and so right. it was this cool, really cool moment of going like, whoa, like this yeah. is, this is crazy. Yeah. You know? And then, and then Roger's like, oh, they, we named him uh, Waffle, I named her Nafla, mm-hmm. and, and so, and then they wash us in the word, and we get to pray together, and and then yeah, we start we start heading down the mountain. I did notice too that while we were sitting there, while they were naming us or whatever, I did see, I did make the huge observation that that Majid is sitting over there with your Bible, and I think I kind of like nudged Elsa and I was like, look over there at that. So we leave and we come down the mountain, and it's like it's a little bit of calamity yeah. as we start coming down the yeah. mountain. Like even in the town that we have to walk through to go down this mountain, like when we walked through, like it was peaceful, but when we came out, it was not. Like well, there had yeah. been some things going on just in that short time that we were with those women. Um, so we start coming down the mountain, yeah. and it turns it turns a little bit crazy. There was there were some moments going up too, because I remember we kept hearing cows, and we're like, "What is that?" Like we just hear these cows just bellowing. I mean, through the mountains. And, of course, you're in the mountains, so, like, it would just echo. And we're like, what is that? Like, oh, it's bulls. Mm-hmm. And so we had no idea. Then when I remember there was this moment of going up to the last thing, and the Lord, like, spurred me on. And I got up to the top. And so I thought everybody was right behind me. This is before we met with the women. And I entered this village, and I entered the village by myself. And it was pretty much like a movie. Like, everyone thing just stops. And everyone just looks at me like, like there's a Mzungu here. So everywhere you go, they're like, Mzungu, Mzungu, which just means white man. And the rest joined us. But they're there's a culture of drinking early in the morning. And so we would, we heard Christian music like blaring, but then what Noah tells is like, Oh, they're, they're partying to Christian music. Like it's pretty much, they're playing that music, but they're getting drunk to that music. Mm-hmm. And so we, we walk through that and we go to meet the women. But as we come back now, the village is just, it's, it is, it's almost like it was chaos. Like there was, the music was louder. There's people yelling, people were just drinking openly in the streets and then a man began to follow us down. So you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, first of all, as we come down the mountain, like Michael has no stop. I mean, <laughs> never <laughs> stops. And it's two o'clock in the morning. Well, what's the, what's the Lord teaching you in this uh, to close my eyes and go to sleep? I don't, I mean, and then, so we're coming down this mountain. We are so exhausted. He's like, what's the Lord teaching you? And I'm like, if you don't get away from me, <laughs> I am going to I was like making kill an observation. you on this mountain. So as we're coming down, uh, we start hearing like the the commotion and all that stuff is following us. And so we look back and there's these bulls coming down the mountain. And not like, you know, just little steers. They're big bulls coming down this mountain. Yeah. And there's not much space on this road as we're coming down. And so like we move out of the way. Um we move out of the way and my in my mind I'm like let's get to the vehicle let's get back yeah, to Ashley the Ashley was done Ashley was I done I was past done she was done and she was like if I had enough energy I would kill you right now Michael literally <laughs> so um, so we so we move out of the way and then Michael sees this guy well he's been he'd been following us and so 
Yeah. So right in the village, like he came up to me and started talking and I asked, no, what does he want? And he's like, he's asking for money. Well, the guy had a machete in one hand and then this some little bottle on the other and he kept sniffing this bottle. And I was, I was like, well, tell him money I don't have, but what I have is the gospel. And the guy's like, no, nah, and he walks away. Well, then he, then in the middle of us making observations, um, I think you had gone, then Elsa had gone. And then David went to go and this dude had just shown up and he was causing chaos. Like he, as he was like, he was just also was among our group. Like it wasn't like he just, like we saw him coming next thing we know, like there's another person with us and it's this mm-hmm. guy. And as people are coming up the mountain, he's asking for money and you know, they're telling him to get away from him. And just David can't even speak. Cause it's just like, it, he's causing so much chaos that it's literally becoming an obstacle, like a stumbling block. Um, and so that morning I had, I had been in the book of Joshua and I was like, do not be afraid of what you'll see or what you'll hear, but do not be dismayed of what you'll see or hear, but know that I'm with you. And so be strong and courageous for I'm with you is what the, what the word says. And this is, so then I, I mean, it's going to sound a little weird, but then I had a vision and the vision I had was that there was a dusty road and it was almost like a Western, like I'm on one end of the street and the, the camera starts to pan up someone's feet. And then I heard the principality knows you're here. The principality of this area knows you're here is what I heard clear as day. And I remember I, I had talked to Elsa going like, I think I just had a vision, but I had never I'd had one before. And so I'm like, and I describe it to her and she's like, I think you had a vision. And so the Lord can kind of prepare me like, no matter what you see the day or what you hear, like, do not be afraid or dismayed. Know that I'm with you. Um, continue to remain strong, courageous. And so then in this moment, so I, I begin to feel like it was pressed on me that I was supposed to actually minister the gospel to this man. And so I'm asking like, Lord, is this who you show me in the vision? Um, then the bulls come and I remember I'm telling Rogers this and Rogers, Rogers like, you see that bottle? He's high on opium. That's straight <laughs> opium. And Rogers like, he will not receive your gospel. Um, and so now this bull is literally coming towards us. And it's funny. The rest of the group gets on one side of the road and me and Elsa are on the other side of the road. This is where we had stopped to use the bathroom. It was like, it was a nice little place by the stream. And I remember I could see this guy and there's this trail that goes off in the woods and I'm, I'm looking and I look across and Ashley just has this clear, like, don't, like, don't you dare. And then Rogers is just looking at me like, please don't do this. Like, cause there, cause there's a bull between, and I'm here with Elsa. And so Dustin was not with us. That's Elsa's husband. Um, um, Ashley's fiance was not there. And so here I am, Jamie wasn't there. And so here I am going like the Lord had been like, Hey, you're their head covering while you're here. And so in this moment of going, well, I can't just, I don't want to lead Elsa into a dangerous situation because this guy has a machete. So the bull crosses and we go back across the street um, with the group. And then I look and the guy's gone. And I just remember like that, that feeling of like, I did not walk out. My obedience comes over me and I begin to kind of shake. And so I begin to pray and we, we continue down the road and I begin to pray like, Lord, if I'm meant to, if I am meant to minister to this man, you put him back in my path and I will go straight to him. As soon as I say that, and I'm praying in my head, as soon as I say that, this man steps out of the, the jungle right in front of us down this down part of the, the mountain we were ascending and looks right at us and smiles from ear to ear. And so I beeline it straight to him. And so I begin to kind of have a conversation with him and he doesn't speak any English. And I guess like you guys, like you were, you're at that point, you're about to just fall out. I mean, you're exhausted. Yeah. And so you guys kind of go past us a little bit to a shady spot that's further down from us. I think you stay there for a little bit and then you guys could progress because it began to rain. So you guys progress further back to the vehicle. And it was Elsa, David, and Majid were the only ones there. No, we were, David and I were on the other side and of the road. You guys were other stri- Okay. So yeah. you guys were on the other side we of the road. Still so there, just on the other side of the road. And so I had called, I called Majid over or, and I was like, Hey, will you, will you translate for us? And, um, he's like, Oh, I can't do this thing. And I'm like, well, 
I need you to. So I, I just start ministering the gospel, three circle gospel to this man. I take the machete out of his hand. I begin to draw in the sand. Like he just gives it right. I, I reach for it and he gives it right to me. And I start drawing in the sand. And as I'm drawing, Majid is translating. You know, we're going to kind of make this story really fast. Cause we are going on 55 minutes now. Um, Majid is translating the gospel and I look down and there's black ants everywhere. I remember going like, where the heck are these ants come from? And then I'm like, I'm in Africa. What kind of ants are these? You know? And then, like, but I'm reminded, like, do not be afraid or dismayed about what you'll see. So I keep ministering. And this guy's watching me just intently, like how I'm going to respond. I look back down to draw again. And now there's a worm in one of the circles where I'm talking about the brokenness of this world. And the ants are violently, I mean, like attacking this worm violently. Um, and I look at my feet. And as I look at my feet, these ants are trying to crawl on my shoes. But every time they get to the past, like the rubber part of my shoe, they just fall backwards. And so I just keep ministering the gospel. And when I look down to draw the, the world of Jesus, like when you bring Jesus into the story, they're gone, like completely gone. As soon as they showed up, they're gone. And then this little kid just shows up out of nowhere. And he's like intently just watching us. So Majid continues to translate. And this, and this guy's not receiving it. He's like, hey, I'll I'll cut you down a tree. You give me $5. I'll cut this tree down. You can take the tree home. And I'm like, what is going on? Like, Lord, I'm, I'm pretty sure you put this guy in front of my path. You told me to minister to this man. I'm ministering to him, but he's not receiving this at all. And, and there was one moment like, like, Jesus, this is what it felt like on the side of the road when you're ministering to people. But then I'm sitting there going, this is what it felt like when people fully rejected the gospel too. And so I'm going like, Lord, what it, what is this? And at the end of it, it's the same thing. Like, Hey, can we pray for you? And, um, he's like, yes. And so Majid puts his hand on him. I put my hand on him again. We pray again. And this little boy joins us like, do you want to pray with us? And he doesn't say a word. Um, I still wrestle with that kid that was an angel. I'm not going to lie. Like I still want to this day because the one photo that so I think Elsa took like the kid's foot is all you see is his foot's in that photo, but he puts his hand on this man and all three and we pray. During that time too, a bull comes and Elsa's trying oh, to warn me. Sure. Yeah, like right for me. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. and she's like, Michael, Michael, Michael. And this bull last minute turns because it's another bull. So they take these bulls to the top of the mountain. These bulls fight and they kill the losing bull and they eat the meat. And so that was what these kids were doing, like driving these and these bulls, like they raise them just to fight them. So we, we get back to the vehicle and I'm like, what? Like what happened? That guy did not receive that at all. Like he received the prayer. And we get in the car and it's now it's pouring down rain. I look at Majid, I'm sitting next to him and I'm like, Hey, you know, um, give me an observation from the day. And he goes, we'll talk back at the hotel. I'm like, Oh, he's ticked. Like I just had a Muslim translate the gospel. Um, so we get back to the hotel and Rogers, he's like, I need Rogers to translate cause I need you to understand me. I'm like, man, I'm about to get, I'm about to get chewed out from this guy. And he sits down and Rogers begins to translate and he goes, you asked me to pray for Jesus to reveal himself. And he did today because when you were giving the gospel, I understood you. And not only did I understand you, but I understood you in my heart. I understood the gospel in my heart and I was able to give it away um, clearly. And he then gives his life to Jesus that night. And so I need you guys to understand that this is where I'm a common man. Okay. Like it did not click to me. Okay. I, so I, maybe, maybe some of you listeners are going, Oh my gosh, I hear it. But it did not, I did not realize what the Lord had done. Um, that, that day, like I knew the Lord, like in that moment, I'm like, Oh, it wasn't for this guy. Like I was ministering the gospel of Majid and you know, that's what the Lord was doing. So here I am thinking it's for this guy. I mean, really it was for Majid. And so that, that was my, my common understanding. And so, um, we then go up to, I think was the waterfall the next day. No, I think there was church. There was, there was, yeah. was, well, no, he was baptized before church because that's when he was named Michael too. I think there was a day and then I think we went to the church or then okay. we went to the waterfall. Cause I remember that was, they're like, Oh, this will be easy, Ashley. And it was not another easy hike. 
Oh, like yeah. it was, it was another yeah, tough hike, but we, but as we are going to the waterfall, um, Ashley presses on Majid about being baptized. And so we get to the top of this waterfall and man, he's like, I want to be baptized. And so me and Noah and Rogers get in the water with Majid and we, we baptize him. And then it was super cool. Cause these kids took us up to the waterfall and, and then, you know, Rogers like, Michael, you know, um, give a sermon to these kids. I'm like, yeah. you give a sermon to them. And so yeah. then Rogers and Noah preached the gospel mm-hmm. on top of this waterfall. And then all of a sudden these kids just start coming out of nowhere, these teenagers, and they're listening to the word being preached. And they're watching this, this guy who was a Muslim be baptized. And so their minds are just blown. And then, um, as, as we get back to the car, Majid looks at me, he's like, Hey, like now that I'm a Christian, I want a Christian name. Yeah. I want a new name. Yeah, I want a new name. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what name do you want? He goes, I want to be named Michael. I want, I want your name. And so we started calling him Michael too. And what's yeah. cool about the name Michael, it means who is like God, but it's a question mark. It means to be humbled for the Lord. So fast forward to we're now in, we're in Pastor Moses' church, Exodus church. I preach the word on abiding. Pastor Moses gets up and then Majid decides he's going to give his testimony. They open it up for testimonies. Um, we're all sitting there. And then as Majid is giving his testimony, he begins to say like it. So I'm going to let you kind of give because it's like there, because here's what you need to understand. It wasn't just us being there. It wasn't, and that's, it wasn't the Mazungus, the white man being there. Like the Lord began to do something in Majid before we ever showed up. Like the Lord, the seed was being planted. We just got the water, right? And the Lord provided the growth. And so I'm going to let Ashley kind of, I'm going to hand it back to her in this moment. So like he's giving this testimony. So go ahead. Yeah. So let me back up for just a quick second. So while we're on the mountain and Michael is teaching to this guy or trying to share the gospel with this guy high on opium i know exactly what's happening i know that we're here right now for majid we are not here for this guy high on whatever with the machete in his hand i know we're here for majid and so i'm like as however much time this needs to take this will take and so i didn't even learn until a couple weeks ago that michael had no idea that this was for majid. i'm like i knew exactly in that moment what was happening yeah, I'm a common man, actually. So we get to we get to church, and Majid gets up there, and we're shocked first of all that he even went up in front of these people because he's you know he's Muslim or yeah. he was Muslim, and now he's a baby Christian. Yeah, and immediately started facing persecution as soon yes, as he, he made did. Jesus Lord of his yeah. life. And was a- baptized immediately, immediately from his family. So he gets up there and tells us that he has two daughters, and one of them had been sick, and they take her to. The Muslim priests, I don't know what they're called. Um, oh, Sikh? man. Like, the Sikh. Yeah, yeah. The Sheik. Yeah. The so Sheik. they take her to him, and they're, the, the Sheik is like, you do X, Y, and Z, and she'll be fine. Well, she's not fine. She ends up passing away. Yeah, she she dies. dies. So then their other daughter gets sick with the same thing. Yeah. And the mom knew, Majid's wife knew of a Christian pastor down the street from their house. So he goes, so she takes her daughter down the street to this Christian pastor. He does pray over her. And she's healed. Yeah, they went to doctors. Oh yeah, they went. The doctors couldn't figure out what was going on. They went to the sheik. He did the same thing, and and she's not getting. And it it's looking like the same story. Like it looks like their daughter. Like it's like he's like, man, our daughter's not going to make it. Yeah. And so she goes to a pastor. Right. So he's telling us all all of this in front of, and, and like this room that we're in the school is packed. So he is telling us this, and I am sitting in my chair like you have. I my mind is. Alone, I start looking at Michael and Elsa. And I'm like, "Are y'all hearing this? 
you hearing what he's saying? I mean, just crazy. And so he was like, I don't want people to think it's because the white man is here that I've come to know the Lord. He was already working on me. And I like, I I knew I needed to make this decision. And so like he proclaims in front of this whole church that, you know, these are the things that this is what he had already seen the hand of the Lord move. And then these things that have taken place in the last few days, like sealed to him, like he needed to make Jesus Lord of his life. And the Lord had spoke to him too. I forgot about that part. Like he, he, that night after he was baptized, remember the Lord, because so like Ashley said, he instantly faced persecution. We're not like, we're not talking about the persecution we face in the West, right? We're not talking about slander and gossip. We're talking about like his father-in-law was Muslim. So when his, when his father-in-law found out that they took his daughter, his granddaughter to a pastor. So Majid did not know his wife did not tell him for a couple weeks. And he's like, how's she better? And finally she tells him, well, then the father-in-law finds out and he, he pretty much is like, I will have nothing to do with you. So he doesn't talk to him for a while. Then he began to have a conversation with them again. When they found out that Majid gave his life to the Lord and now that he was baptized, um, his he had given his brother $8,000 for a roof. They were building a house. He was a, he was a roofer, and so he was going to put the roof on their house. His brother-in-law, so the, his wife tells them, my husband now is a Christian. His brother-in-law reaches out to him. He's like, you never pay, paid a dowry for our sister. So that $8,000, that's my money. That's the dowry now for our sister. They then take her. They come and take her. While he's driving us around, he comes mm-hmm. home. They then take her and his daughter, right? His kid, like, and so he comes home to an empty house. Like they were like, if you're if you're gonna Christian, like we're taking her back because that is not what we agreed to. Like when we right. when we sat down and had an agreement, we like you were to be a Muslim man and you were to raise them up Muslim, not Christian. And so literally, his family is taken from him. Um. Later on, like like Michael too, like he gets fired because the the guy who owns the taxi taxi service he's a Muslim, so he loses his job, and so like he like he begins to face actual persecution. He begins to be ostracized from the community. Um, they have nothing to do with him, and so like we're I mean it's a we're and some of this like we didn't know this till he begins to share this that day that that Sunday morning, and man it it becomes heavy on me, you know like it's not like I remember the one thing that I was thinking about, and it was the Lord rebuked me hard, but I'm like Lord like what did I do? You know, like, you know, like in this moment, the Lord's like, you did nothing. Like, you know, like this is like, this, this is the cost. And he count and Majid counted the cost. Mm-hmm. Like that was the thing. He's like, Hey, I counted this cost, you know, and, and it's worth it. And so, um, yeah, he, and he begins to share. He's like, you know, I did not really understand Michael. And, and then it clicks that every time we would have an in-depth conversation, Rogers would have to translate. Like if it was like, how's your day going? Like it was, we could talk. But when it was in-depth conversation, I would, we, he, we would need a translator to communicate back and forth, me and Majid, me and Michael too. And Rogers would translate. And so he's talking this story. And then all of a sudden I realized in that moment that when he said, I understood you, that we didn't need a translator. Like he understood every word that came out of my mouth of the gospel. And then he, the gospel was instantly in birth inside of his heart. And he changed his mind and believed the good news in that moment. And then he instantly gave away the good news, not from a place of just, you know, regurgitating what I'm saying, but from a place where he owned it in his heart. Right. And that was the moment he said, I prayed the night before for Christ to reveal himself. And that was the moment he said, Jesus revealed himself to me in that moment. Yeah. While you're on the mountain, while we're on the mountain, while he is trained, yeah. while, while, uh, Michael is giving the gospel to Majid to translate to this guy, Mike, you know, these are some deeper things that Michael is saying, but in that moment, like the Lord made clarity yeah. and understanding and actually Majid was preaching the gospel to himself in actuality. Yeah. I mean, he was sharing it to that guy, but like he was preaching the gospel to himself. 
That's exactly. And so in that moment, I'm like, I remember I'm like, wait a second. Like he understood. And it was funny because I was just like, you yeah. did not catch that. I'm like, no. <laughs> and so it's just, it's that moment going like, Lord, what did, like, what did you just do? Yeah. And it was this cool moment. And just watching what the Lord did with him. And even when we went back in 2023, you know, he came to me, he's like, Hey, I want, I'm going to minister the gospel. Like I, I minister, I do what you did now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I go around and I tell people about Jesus, you know, and, and he's still like, he still has not found a job. I don't know if, you know, we haven't, we talk every month. And so, but it's that moment where he's like, but he goes and he ministers the gospel and mm-hmm. he showed up to the, to the Brown and Green conference and was wanted to be equipped even more, you know? And mm-hmm. so like the Lord is continuing to do miraculous things. So, all right. So we've, we're going an hour and seven minutes. Like this is a long one. Um, <laughs> I know one I'm long winded. All right. I talk. So, but actually like really, really quick, like what was the, what do you, what was the biggest observation and what would you think of the biggest thing the Lord taught you? So two questions. What's the biggest observation you saw as we were there in 2022? And what was the biggest thing the Lord taught you through that trip? Yeah. So I would say that everyone um, pretty much that we encountered that was um, <clears throat> a believer in Christ, like there was no hindrance between them and the Lord. Yeah. There was none. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I have work or I have um, sports for my kids or I have this or I have. No, it was just the Lord. Yeah. There, there was no hindrance, you know, like us in the, in the West and in, yeah. in America, we have, let me get X, Y, and Z done. And then I'll go be, yeah. The and then I'll follow you, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. It was, no, it was just the Lord. Come on. And just so full of the Lord. So just, you know, they wanted to hear from us what the Lord was teaching us and what we could, what we could glean from each other. Um, but like it was, even if they had things going on, like we're going to stop right now. And we're going to talk about the things of the Lord. Yeah. We're not going to let work or, or yeah. whatever come in the way. Like it is just the Lord. That's exactly Period. It. Period. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, it's everywhere you go. Like even, even though these guys roasted coffee and all like, but it was, it's, that is a vessel for them to share the gospel right. and to make disciples. Like they're like, this is secondary compared to what, to what, um, the Lord is doing. And so, um, I would say, man, I think it was that, that I, I would agree hundred percent. And then just the hospitality. Yeah, for sure. Like it just blew my mind. Just so how, welcoming. Yeah. Just, I we mean, went to many houses for yeah. dinner. I mean, we're missing chunks of stories and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, we but, are. Um, but so, you know, tons of people had us in their home, beg, begged us to come. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, we even went, I remember like we also went from house to house and it was the same thing. They like, bring yeah. us into their homes and mm-hmm. like that one woman, like her home was probably the size of someone's shoe closet. Sure. And she's like coming here. And so it was, it was really cool to see what the Lord was doing through that. And so, man, it was an awesome opportunity to be there. And, and honestly, like through that, through that relationship and, um, one of the biggest things like the Lord kind of showed me and taught me and that was, um, man, like we were there to engage and that was what we were doing in 2022 where like we were engaging and we were there to equip and we were there to empower them. And it's what we see Jesus doing when he invited the disciples into his life. He said, you know, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He engaged these men fishing beside the Sea of Galilee. He began to equip them, follow me, I'll invest in you. Um, I will make you, so the word I will make you means to invest in and you will become fishers of men. And that's where we see Jesus begin to empower them. We see that in Matthew 28 when he says, go make disciples of all nations. Like he empowers them to go. And part of that empowering too is like what we see is like Jesus had to, he had to go. Like he had to go yeah. to empower them. So um, we're not there yet, but I know that that eventually is coming. But man, like this first trip was really just engaging the culture. And then in 2023 is where we started to really start to kind of step into equipping them, which we'll we'll talk about that in the next episode. So what was the biggest thing the Lord taught you through yeah. this trip? I think it was um, learning to lay my life down. And, and it's not something like that I white knuckle my life, you know, yeah. that I can't lay my life down for someone. Um, but, you know, when we got to the airport and we were saying goodbye, 
and saying goodbye to Majid, I was like, listen, you, and I'm like, first of all, can you understand what I'm saying? Cause yeah. I need you to hear this. And he's like, no, I understand. And I say like, you saw how hard this trip was for me, but I'm like, if, if I had to do it all over again so that you could come to know the Lord, like I 100% would come on. and not to boast in myself or, or it, it has nothing to do with me. Like, you know, us getting there, the vessel for him to come to know the Lord, like if the trip was really difficult for me, um, but like absolutely would do it all over again if it meant like Majid coming to know the Lord. It was that his story is super significant. Yeah. So significant. Um and so like <clears throat> what it looks like to to lay my life down for, for others. Come on, so, Ashley. Yeah. Well thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. All right, so what we usually do is our, our guests, they uh, they pray us out. So would you do the honors and pray Absolutely. us out? Absolutely. All right, Father, we just thank you for this time. We thank you that you are mindful of us, Lord, like that you use us um, as your vessels to to proclaim the gospel in, in Harrow or in Blanchard or in Uganda, Lord. And so we ask that, like, you just continue to use us, Father. We thank you and we love you in your son's name. We ask and pray. Amen. Amen. Grace and peace. Amen.